You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. And then it's going to be a couple weeks before we get to do it again. So I'm trying to soak it all in. <laughs> like my shirt is trying to soak in my armpit sweat I mean, right I now. I mean, we could still get together and just talk about movies, but I don't think that'll be half as interesting. No. We just set up the, the periscope and <laughs> you and I just talk. This will be in uh, in 40 years when, like, uh, let's let's push it farther. Like, I retire and you guys are dead, and I'll still just have... Why are we dead and you're re- just retired? Maybe there's some horrible accident that took you all out. Whatever, just go with me. But it's like I'm sitting around this table empty, and I'm like 80 years old, and I'm just... This week on the editing bay, we're talking about the old classic Guardians of the Galaxy 2. <laughs> I like to think that you would be in a house and you'd be like a shut-in, and one day you just, balloons would come out of the house and you'd fly away. <laughs> yeah, I would. And you'd have a little boy with you and he'd go into a room that you've kept locked off and it's like the table where we podcast <laughs> with the mics and stuff. It's like the horror version of Up. It's <laughs> holding, holding this little Asian boy captive. <laughs> and you've given him like the outfit that Leah Thompson wears in Howard the Duck, and you're like, wear it. Wear this. He's trying to make 911 calls for this crazy old man. <laughs> he keeps telling me to talk to the dog, and the dog will talk back, but he doesn't. <laughs> and he keeps going, bleh. <laughs> this is the Editing Bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name's Joe. My name's Joel. And this is where we come to talk about movies. Sometimes they're bad movies. Sometimes they're really good movies. Uh, and sometimes there are movies that you've never really heard of, and we decide to watch them and come here and talk about them uh, every week with you, our lovely Editing Bay listeners, and those of you on the Periscope app are watching us right now. Yeah. Uh, you just sat through our talk about Howard the Duck, uh, and here we are uh, with Joel's pick for this week. Yes. You want to you wanna set this up? Oh, sure. Uh, it is, again, it's the Halloween season. It's the Halloween season. The Halloween season. And whoop-dee-doop. And whoop dee doo. Neither of us know the rest of the words. <laughs> um, so it's time to get all our Halloween horror slasher flicks out of the way. And uh, I don't know where this one falls under under those categories, Joe. But mm. uh, today we're going to be talking about 2000's Paul Verhoeven uh, horror film, kind of. Yeah. Uh, Hollow Man, starring Kevin Bacon and Elizabeth Shue. Yeah. And, and Academy okay. Award winner Josh Brolin. Cost, cast of thousands. <laughs> A cast of literal dozens. <laughs> yeah. In really, this movie. This was an easy one to recast because. Uh, I basically recast everybody you see appear on film yeah. in, this, in this film. Yeah. Uh, this one, this was a simple one for me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, why, right off the bat, <laughs> in the, the title sequence of this movie, right. why is everybody's name shown twice? What? Really? Yeah. Did you not notice that? Like, no. There were all like the, the, the elements and stuff would come together and show yeah. people's names. And then in black, like underneath it or above oh. it, they'd show ah. like everyone's name. I can totally. tell you exactly why that is. It's because it's a legal reason. Like if sometimes if the titles are too hard to read or they're deemed too difficult to read by, by the- uh, uh, The MPAA? Yeah, yeah. No, it's not even them. It's, it's the-, uh, the um, the union, who uh, SAG or whatever, oh, like wow. they fight hard for them and say like th- this name has to appear for this many, not even seconds. It's like frames on screen has to be legible, easily read, and like that's part of the contract. And in fact, remember Fight Club? Yeah, remember the beginning of Fight Club? You remember how those credits came in? Uh huh. They were they were a little stylized as well, and you you really only saw their names on screen for like less than a second. It's yeah. like it pops in and then it kind of slowly fades away. Initially, David Fincher wanted to only have their 
the titles appear for one frame, much in the same way that Tyler Durden flash it frames. You know, and they, there's that whole side story about you know the penis, him yeah, slicing yeah. penis images. So each credit was going to uh, just pop in for well, one frame. That's always kind of been David Fincher's. Uh, uh, Kind of uh, his calling card. His opening with, credits. With the opening credits have yep. always been really unique. Yeah, Sevens uh, was beautiful. Sevens were fantastic. Uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Yeah. They're little uh, art films, and basically. Like Gone Girl didn't even have opening titles. Like, oh, I haven't there? seen that one yet. I thought that it just showed the title of the movie and then like went into the story. <laughs> really? He's going a hard 180 yeah, from I his mean, other movies. And then you got like the complete opposite. Uh, well, the complete opposite of Hollow Man with, uh, with the, the Miami Vice movie. Do you remember that? No. That Miami Vice movie just starts. Like, there's not even an opening. There's not even the title of Miami Vice. I like that. It just starts, goes through the entire movie, and then the very end of the movie, Miami Vice. And then it goes through the credits. I like that. It's like an old uh, 40s musical or something, yeah. right? Where yeah. they save it all to the end. Mm-hmm. I like that. Well, actually, back then, like, they would show all the credits at the beginning, and there'd be no credits at the very end. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. Oh, so, oh, yes, it's the opposite yeah, of that, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like My you bad. look at, like, The Wizard of Oz. You've got all the. It's an entire overture that's playing underneath it while it happens. So, not unlike Wizard of Oz, the opening titles to this movie go on forever. Yeah, they were really trying to tie in because this this film, not just being a a ghost, it's not a ghost story. It's 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 kind of a ghost story. I mean, you know, when the Invisible Man gets thrown in there with Werewolf and Dracula and like when you think Mummy, you think of Invisible Man, you've picture him in that crowd um this one had a bit of a science angle behind it and, and it was echoed in the credits this one tried to have a science <laughs> angle i liked it. it though i appreciated that about it that yeah. it was like this yeah because i have to think that somewhere you know in like area 53 because area 52 has <laughs> been that, discovered isn't that where the fantastic four were held area Jeff? 53 wasn't that like That's area 50 53 uh, something like that yeah it was definitely i was using it as a throwaway joke and it's sad that they used that there but, <laughs> but uh, josh trank was like yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like two so degrees clever. higher. Yeah, yeah, we made the joke of like, it's like two degrees more tops <laughs> than Area 51. Yeah. But don't you think that like maybe the government is working, they're working on invisible cloaks, that much we that's know. That's fine, yeah, no, and that's what's going on in this movie. The thing is though, with something that's so like critical, they they really give Kevin Bacon and his team a whole lot of freedom right? and no oversight at all. Also, because of the way they're doing invisibility, they keep talking about you know he's 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 going to phase shift, like he's shifting into another, yeah. and it's it's almost like he's his matter is shifting into like, another like dimension, fringe, like he's yeah. going into a different dimension. Exactly, yeah. and uh, yeah, making it sound like the entire fabric of the space time continuum could be torn apart at any minute. Yeah, there's got to be some there's got to be something more than just some general that you check in with every couple of months like when you need more funding. Like when you watch the movie Stargate. Like, they yeah. do not do anything with that Stargate Heavily without, like, involved. a general and, like, two other higher representatives of the of the government Yeah, and there. somebody there with a kill switch. If something's going wrong, we're going to flip it. We're taking your funding away. Yes. We're shutting this operation down. Yeah. We're going to release the ghosts but like the- <laughs> Ghostbusters. The containment unit. May I see the <laughs> containment facility? You didn't say the magic word. What is the magic word, Dr. Venkman? Please. Can I please see the containment facility? Dr. No. Well, why not? Because you. Well, because why, what's his answer? <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember either. We just, we do, just Ghostbusters. do Ghostbusters. The entire better time. film. Than uh, Hollow yeah, Man. dude. I really want to throw this out right now. Mm-hmm. This movie's disgusting. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, okay, it's it's ambitious. No, yes, I will give you that. This movie's disgusting. What you could have had, mm-hmm. and and what you had the potential for was a scary movie about somebody who dabbles with this this uh, 
uh, I guess, this curse, mm-hmm. this blessing and curse of invisibility. Right. And how it affects him mentally. Mm-hmm. And the horrible things that end up transpiring because of it and how scary that can be to not be able to see this person. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, what you have is this... Uh, this I, I can only use this word again. This disgusting <laughs> portrayal of of this sex offender. Like that's kind that's of. all. That's the motivation behind everything in this movie. Every mm-hmm. bad thing in this movie is this guy's dick. Like he's constantly just thinking with his fucking dick, and it's all about fucking. Yeah. And and it's disgusting. It, it it's like. Well, what do you expect from like, a German director? Well, he's the same guy that brought us. It's Paul Verhoeven. He brought us I Robocop. Know. He he gave us total recall. Yeah. You know, he's, it he, wasn't like Schwarzenegger wasn't running around Mars like, I need to fuck. I need to fuck everything. And <laughs> Robocop was just wasn't like fucking the shit out of people or anything. No, he there were there were fun stories. Yeah. But instead with Hollow Man, you've got this guy and it could have been a legitimately scary movie. It could have stood on these these merits of being like really creepy in the mm-hmm. in the presentation and in just the theory of what it is. You know, and that's that's what's wild about that invisible man. You know, we've all had moments where we felt like is somebody looking at me? You know, oh, yeah. where you feel like you're being watched, or someone's over your shoulder. That's what you play on. You play on that that fear that we've all shared, mm-hmm. and they don't play off of that. They d- Instead, it's just, uh oh, this guy's got the power to be invisible. Time to fuck someone <laughs> exactly. against their will. Time to take you know, unbutton their shirt, uh, play with their tits, that's all he does. Un- undress it, go and and rape the neighbor. Flat out rape. Yes. yes. Yeah. It, it tries to dabble in a little bit of that, and and then this film suffers from what I would say, Sunshine, the Danny Boyle film I uh, love from a few years ago. Yes, but I think you and I both agree it suffers from a third act collapse. Yeah, where it f- totally turns into a slasher flick. Yes, one guy hunting down and systematically killing all of yeah, his coworkers. That, they, that you don't. That's just suddenly happens, like you said. Yeah. Just suddenly happens in the third act, and you've got this awesome character story mm-hmm. already, where you're developing these people, these personalities, and the effect that all of this has on the human psyche, being stuck in space and on this what's in essence pretty much a suicide mission. That's anyway, exactly what it is. We're talking about sunshine, by the yeah, way. Yeah, and and then at the and then suddenly you just have like people running from a killer, <laughs> just a, a, very a psycho killer, and uh, yeah. And out but, of nowhere. But the problem with me, in, with this movie, Joel, is that that Act 3 breakdown mm-hmm. happens within the first 30 minutes of the movie. <laughs> it is about halfway through, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, Not even halfway through. This movie's almost two hours long. It is. It is so it's about long, a quarter of the way into the movie. It suddenly just breaks down. I, go ahead. It's, well, and, and I blame it on the fact that they didn't know, or rather, they didn't represent... The Kevin Bacon character properly, right? We don't really understand his psyche enough. Uh, he's 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 kind of touted as almost a um, Tony Stark kind of character. Yeah. He's he, he's a genius. He knows everything, but and, he's kind of a flyboy because of it. Yeah, uh, and he's confident, and he drives around a fast car, uh-huh. and he's picking up chicks, and he's not entirely unlikable. No, no, he's kind of fun, and he's got a good rapport with his little work family there. You've got all the characters. You've got the Elizabeth Shue, which we learn now they've had a, a past fling, but she is now with Josh Brolin. Yeah, and then we have another cast of characters starring uh, Winnie the Pooh, aka Greg Gunberg, <laughs> who you might know from Lost, or f- no, the very first episode. Oh, not of Lost. Lost. Uh, yeah, he was in the very first episode of Lost, but also Heroes. Heroes and Alias, I think, is the J.J. Abrams yeah. uh, show you're thinking of. Uh, but yeah, um, what else do we know him from? Uh, uh, well, he was. L- oh, Heroes. He's got uh, Heroes, yeah, no, like, and he's got his own podcast. He does, does about he? like video gaming and stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah. I like him a lot. Yeah, and I'd like to see more of him. Mm-hmm. Um, 
maybe he'll survive to the third act of the next <laughs> film that he's in because right. he goes out. He goes out horribly. In a grisly manner yeah, in he, this one. He goes out horribly in this movie. Speaking of grisly, this mm-hmm. movie opens up mm-hmm. with like this rat being released into a cage. I like that. Uh, cool shot. Okay, it was fine, but where was this? Like, I was assuming maybe this was in Kevin Bacon's apartment at first. Oh, right. Because it happens, and then we just cut to Kevin Bacon doing some, like, simulation stuff on a computer. <laughs> and I have a problem with that. Well, it looks like he's playing a video game, basically. Yes. He's playing like it a looks 3D. like he's playing with MS Paint. Yeah, a little bit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw in a circle here, here, yes. and here, and it's actually DNA. Uh, yeah, and, and then I'll hit a button, Enter. and it'll fall apart, and then I'll go, damn it. Yeah, and I'll take another swig of my beer, Ex- defeated. Explain what you're doing. <laughs> Explain it, because they, they do can't. it, like, two or three times in this movie where him and Josh Brolin both are, like, playing MS Paint, Yep. and then, like, something doesn't work, right? They're like, Unstable. damn. Unstable. They don't explain what it is, though. They don't explain what it is that they're trying to do. It's just, and, and that's the problem with computer simulations in mm-hmm. movies, that they, they use those to try to be, like, that's us explaining the science mm-hmm. without explaining the science. You know what this, this movie needed? They needed a scene where the general is taking a tour, and one of the nerdy guys is explaining, okay, so here's where we do the phase shift, and if everything's not lined up, we lose stability with the matter, and it falls apart, and so we have to... That's all I need. I need that scene with some throwaway lines. Explain the pseudoscience a little bit behind it, uh-huh. so that way we... Again, setting up the rules. That way we know how this all works. Because I, I, I get that they... So, so the premise is that they've already figured out how to turn things invisible. Uh-huh. Like you said, we see that first rat crawling through the cage, and then it gets grabbed by some invisible force, gets uh-huh. lifted up into the air, and then we see it crunch down, and it, it's a gorilla yeah. who is eating this rat, and now you see the teeth covered with blood and yeah. as the rat entrails go down his esophagus. Uh-huh. Really cool effect, man. And actually, I would say the special effects in this movie are fantastic. For two, 2000, mm-hmm. they'd never... And this is what I was excited about because I remember when this movie was coming out, I was like, okay, Invisible Man story, you know, sell me on it. Well, this is a new age version of Invisible Man. We're putting some science behind it. Yeah. Uh, and now we have these special effects, these, you know, post Jurassic Park era special effects, which are really fantastic, I think. Kind of ahead of their time. They're doing some motion tracking. Uh-huh. They, they did a 3D scan of Kevin Macon's entire body. Yeah. So somewhere on a computer. You can see every down to the very last capillary. They say that yeah. they then donated to science after the filming of this movie. It was that exact. Um, so yeah, I, I was impressed with that, and I was looking forward to seeing what today's effects could do with an Invisible Man story. Yeah. Instead, yeah, we kind of get uh, and and a, and a that's yeah, that's that's the problem. Where yeah, it's an exciting special effect, but unfortunately, it it sits at the heart of this really shallow. Uh, movie that lacks any kind of uh, advanced vision. But you know what? I, you can almost say that about a lot of Verhoeven's movies. I don't know where you come down on him. I'm, ver- I'm, I'm, I'm hit well, or miss with. Him. I am too. He's kind of he bats kind of like five hundred with me. Right, and I give him a little bit more credit because he's on record as saying for this film, "quote This is the first movie that I made that I thought I should not have made." <laughs> <laughs> Unquote. <laughs> like, yep, that's a good I, way to put I it. I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you wholeheartedly, Paul Verhoeven. Uh, because not not only are is the story in itself useless, uh, and the motivations behind it, uh, and and what's supposed to make it scary, uh, are are they just ineffectual and again disgusting? Yeah. But also, your characters are scientists. They're brilliant minds, but they're the collection of the dumbest people. Always. They're 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 horribly ignorant throughout this entire film. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, you've got this character who's. Obviously suspicious, like people, everyone's suspicious of this guy up to no good. 
Right. But they still give him, like, carte blanche. Way too much benefit of the doubt. Yeah. yeah. And even at, okay, so they put a thermal sensing camera in his room to make sure he's still there. No locks on that door? No, no. locks on the door. Or just have somebody hanging out at the door. And like, I understand. So that way, if it opens, they're like, oh, hey. Yeah, they got Sebastian. Why don't you get back in the room? They got a skeleton crew working there. They got to they got to get uh, uh, more clever than that. But still, yeah. Um, and maybe that's maybe they were hoping that we would uh, glom on to the fact that oh, they're family. They all know each other. They have a friendship. They don't. He doesn't need to be watched. He's one of us. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to have seen that psychological turn. But it but almost at this feel point, like you've already got like people who are already scared of his motivations. Right. Who don't trust him. You know, this is this is after. The, the the vet, Sarah, yes. has been like felt up by him, and she knows without a shadow of a doubt of course. that he got out of the room well, and he was messing with her. Her shirt was completely unbuttoned, her tit hanging out, yeah. and she's talking to like Elizabeth Shue and, and, and the character of Matt, Josh Brolin, mm-hmm. the next day, and they're like, are you sure? <laughs> no. It's like, oh, motherfucker, yeah. Well, what like, are the chances? On Tuesday, my coworkers turned invisible. On Wednesday, I got groped <laughs> up by an invisible hand. Like, right. this isn't my mind playing tricks with me. Uh-huh. And maybe they could have played that up more and did he or didn't he? But no, yeah, you're right. They're way too suspicious. Even after, like, one of the animals ends up being dead. The, the invisible dog. Killed. They've turned the dog. the dog invisible. At one point, Kevin Bacon gets angry at it for some reason and fucking hulks out on it. Oh, because he, he saw Elizabeth Shue and Josh Brolin Josh getting Brolin it on. Together. That's right. Again, so. the fact that sex is the main motivation of this movie yeah. is horrible, and it's you misplaced. Know, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know, because I think somewhere in here there's a more interesting film that, because I think what Verhoeven was trying to do, again, going back to whether his movies are good or not, I used to think this was a guy who kind of like makes intentionally bad movies, and in some way they he makes are. campy. Like, like uh, Starship Troopers is supposed to be a campy movie. Yes, RoboCop is supposed to be campy in its own way. Yeah. It's parody. RoboCop is complete parody. You watch that movie and you you look at it, and especially in the time that it was made, it is a brilliant statement of what was going on mm-hmm. in society at that time. Even Total Recall has yeah. its own you know special social statement that it's trying to make. Mm-hmm. This movie does not. It do, it doesn't have that. It I, doesn't have that that the uh, the subtext or the gravitas, if you will. Mm-hmm. I think it was it was trying to answer the question. You know, if you were invisible and nobody could see what you would could do, what would you do? Right? Would you attempt but robbery? Don't, would you escalate it to rape? Wouldn't you agree though mm-hmm. that there's a wider range that we could have explored? Yeah. Than just I would fuck people. <laughs> right. It's all about sex. You're right. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's so much missed opportunity in this film because now that he's invisible, yeah, where are the scenes where he's shoplifting? Where are the scenes where he's fucking with people? Be- it goes from being a game to being more serious. Uh-huh. You're right. We go right from, uh, you know, going into the girl's restroom and he, yeah. he like takes a piss next to the one girl and she tries to see him with uh-huh. the thermal and doesn't see him. Next scene, he's like f- violently raping his neighbor. Right. Guys, this is a, this is a R movie. Uh, apparently all of his movies, when he's subjected them to the MPAA rating, have always come back. They've always said, this is way too hard. We need to edit it down. We need to edit it down to an R. You're yeah. in an X right now. This is the one movie where he didn't have to do that. Oh he didn't God. have to take anything out really? to get the R, which I find unbelievable, seeing like, as I how... F- I feel like with this movie, especially with the part, if you're going to have that part where oh. he goes into to the neighbor's apartment... Jesus. There's nothing wrong with just her answering the door, going back in the shower, and then like cutting away to Elizabeth's shoe. Yeah. And then, like, you know, we come back and she's crying on the bed. Yes. And like we see him walking we away. We get it. You can imply that. That's one of those things that, like, we get it right. from just you visually showing us 
the aftermath, mm-hmm. we get what it is that he did. Apparently, there's more in the director's cut. Oh, my like, God. What we didn't see, there's another couple of shots that they had to take out where audiences are just a little too yeah. uh, unnerved by it. And they should be. Mm-hmm. That's a horrible thought. There's a shot in there uh, that's kind of forever seared in my mind. And, well, now I know what it looks like for a woman to be raped by an invisible right. man. Oh. It's like, I don't, I don't want that in my memory no, banks. I can't unsee that. Uh, to go back to these people being the dumbest collection of brilliant people. Yes, let's make it fun. You've got the uh, you've got an animal. You've got a, a an ape who's who's in a cage. All right, an invisible violent animal is in a cage with bars where it could clearly like reach through and yeah. grab anybody. Mm-hmm. And so now it's time for Josh Brolin to like give this ape an injection, and he's doing it alone. This is standard operating procedure. He does right? it every day by himself. Exactly. Like, Can't why see do you thing? not have like a team of people? Like, uh, why are almost you like not... the beginning of Jurassic Park, where yeah. they're like, okay, steady. Right. This forward. is not the kind of thing that should happen. You know, where the where, that someone should do alone. Much less once the ape gets out. Like, there isn't even an air of like, oh, you know, security or guys, guys, <laughs> we got to shut this down. Like. The giant just primate really, is chasing Yeah, us. it's just really, it. really casual, and he yep. runs into Kevin Bacon, and Kevin Bacon's like, all right, I bet you I can get her before you do. Right. And they like have this fun like ca- game of cat yep. and mouse At- with a, a violent <laughs> beast that's invisible. <laughs> At the very least, he should be wearing one of those mesh suits that you wear when you get into the shark tank. Yes. Yeah, but no, nothing. Uh, so yeah, that's there, there's some uh, some some issues there. You're right, not very intelligent, uh, taking some liberties. Mm-hmm. Um, did you, did you notice though they kept referring to the ape as Isabel and she that sh- it's she she uh-huh, her she, she right but they get the ape they put the ape back in the cage oh, and no. it has a silver back oh. which, <laughs> kind of exclusively <laughs> male exclusively male Oops. yeah that's that is indicative of only oh, male no. apes uh, so Elizabeth Shue is in this film, as we mentioned. Sometimes, uh, yeah, a lot it, of times. She usually traveling between her apartment and the lab. <laughs> yeah, these people have no lives. There is no like it's this t- just two dimensional world that these people live in. It's it's and it's, that's part of the problem with this movie. That it's claustrophobic it's, feeling. Well, it's claustrophobic, and so it gives it this feeling that like they're just two dimensional images on a comic book panel, mm. and not like living, breathing people. Also, the way that this movie's presented. Okay, you're calling it Hollow Man, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be about like Kevin Bacon, who's this guy who believes, you know, his own hype. He's really cocky, but he lacks that. He lacks that relationship. He lacks that human contact. Right. That's supposed to kind of, you know, enrich him and fill him up more. Give him He's a moral empty, compass. Hollow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Double <laughs> entendre there in the uh, title, of course. Right. So. I feel like this movie should obviously, if we're going to follow Kevin Bacon, which we do, we open up. He's the first main character that we open up on. Right. So if we're going to follow this character around, there has to be a moment where uh, there has to be a, a journey that we go on with him that takes him from being a sympathetic character to then suddenly turning into this monster of a man. But also, you know, maybe an explanation of like, okay, this is why this has happened. Yeah. And it's the weakest of explanations. I never got. So are they trying to blame like the fact that he's invisible, that he's in this phase shift, that it's slowly driving him insane? Is it the fact that he's being, you know, uh, that he can't sleep, captive? He, he can't sleep, and he's getting like cabin fever. He's getting cabin fever. Uh, okay, I, that'll 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 give me the uh, the, the wiggies too, and make me want to get out and drive my fast car around. Uh, large leap to go from that to violently raping somebody that I live next to. Yeah, and then to consider the further rape of more people. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, because that's it. Like, like I pointed out, like that's the only motivation. But you've got this character, you know, and he starts off, and he's kind of, 
he's kind of an asshole, and he like he's got a shitty taste in music because uh, he's like <laughs> singing out loud these horrible songs in his car. Um, but then you've got this moment where after he kind of gets rejected by Elizabeth Shue, he goes over to the cage where the dog is. Oh my the god, the invisible dog. He goes over to the cage and like puts his arm out and he pets it, and it's like this really quiet moment of him just petting this dog. A moment like that is going to now confuse your audience because you've yes. made this guy kind of a, an asshole. Yeah. But now he's got this moment that he's he's with this dog and he's like, what's it like? And he's petting him. And that makes him almost sympathetic. Mm -hmm. So what are you doing with this character? Yeah. I think another big problem with this movie was they focused on the wrong person. He should not have been the focus of this movie. We should not have been following him around all the time. Elizabeth Shue yeah. should have been our main character that we find. She's top build. She, she should oh, have she? been. Yeah, she Over should. Kevin Bacon? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I saw her name first. But uh, we uh, it should have been following her. And then that adds to that air of terror mm -hmm. that if we're always following her, we don't know. We really don't know what's going on, if it's her paranoia yep. or if it's actually him messing with and her. That's a great idea, too, because there was that one scene where um, – I think he's already t felt up the one chick, yeah. right, who's on the Walking Dead now. Uh, we see <laughs> that's a nice shot too, by the way. So he's like undoing her shirt, uh -huh. boob comes out, nipple comes out, and then we see the impression, the <laughs> fingerprint impression <laughs> yes. on the fake boob. And I'm like, all right, that must be fun to be the uh, animator at ILM. <laughs> he's like, what'd you do today, honey? Mm -hmm. Well, I uh, grafted a CG tit onto an actor <laughs> and uh, put thumbprints in it. How about you? Just imagining like any other office you go to, if you've got tits on your computer screen, like yeah. you immediately like minimize or by. you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I just like you're you're gonna get in trouble or you get that it. you get that message from IT in your email like immediately. Yeah. Like, We're hey, not saying we anything. Noticed, <laughs> we noticed that your your browser was on this page, but like here's this one guy at ILM is like. Just oh, and you his, know he's got the three big job. monitors yes, surrounding him. Boobs, huge nipple on his right monitor. Sounds <laughs> oh, like an awesome job, actually. Uh, um, but yeah, so it, it's after that scene, and then we come back to Elizabeth Shue, and she's sleeping in bed, and we start to see her shirt become, you yeah. know, and then the sheet gets ripped off, and then you realize she wakes up. She was having a dream. Uh huh. So was she fantasizing about this? Does That's, she still have feelings? I I actually have a note about that. Yeah, I'd love to explore. And again, leading, lending credence to your theory that this shouldn't be about her. What's going on in her mind? Yeah. How is she reconciling all My this? My note was dreams and movies have a purpose. Mm -hmm. What is the purpose of Linda's rape nightmare? Yeah. The sexual obsession in this film is sophomoric. Yeah. Well, again, <laughs> German director, German-American yeah. director. And he, uh, while not all of his films are focused on sex, there's a lot of nudity. And even in RoboCop, I would argue. Oh, there's nudity. Dude gets his junk blown off. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's there's obviously some some... He has, I don't want to say an obsession, but the Germans are a little more open sexually than we are and able to explore those types of uh, themes and ideas. But uh -huh. uh, yeah, I'm, I just want, <laughs> I wish I knew what he was trying to say with this or where he yeah. was going. Yeah. Because if it's a self-exploration, like if I'm supposed to wonder what kind of person I would be, uh, I, I, I <laughs> uh -huh. this movie kind of missed the mark. It, it, didn't it make does. Me, it just made me hate that character and, and this movie. Yeah. Uh, they take so much care in this movie to try to hide the camera when they go around like mirrors and stuff. They take so much care, but like I've caught the camera like in so many windows. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> yeah, I'd see the I'd see the You're camera kidding. in like I was looking for that shit. All these windows, I'd see the camera. I'm like, okay, and like really, 
you guys did all this stuff with the mirrors, but you didn't take the time with the windows uh, to make sure that you cleared it out. Missed some of that stuff. Yeah. I, see, those are some of my favorite shots because there are several times in the film where it goes into kind of like a POV, like we're seeing what Kevin Bacon sees. He's outside of a house looking through the window. Yeah. And then he, his uh, view gets obstructed, so he walks to another window. Uh-huh. That happens several times, and I think those are the most effective moments because you really uh-huh. kind of get to see what it would be like to be yeah. a... Uh, yeah, let's explore that. And, and see that, uh, but then again, that comes down to that the conflict that I had with this movie that I was mentioning earlier. Seeing things through Kevin Bacon's point of view, it's, it's a dangerous thing for us to explore this movie through his point of view. Because he's such a because, sociopath? Well, because he's a sociopath, and it also kind of diffuses the the sense of dread in this movie you're not so much scared anymore and that's kind of the purpose of a horror movie to put you in the place of the protagonist and to kind of have share that that terror that fear for your safety and you don't because you know when kevin bacon you know where kevin bacon is at almost every point in this movie yeah that's and true. you shouldn't you know if you're trying to make an effective movie about a, an invisible man that's supposed to be a thriller you should not have any kind of sense of where he is. Yeah. Um, it should be played out almost like um, almost like aliens. Remember that scene mm. in Aliens where like they had the the, the aliens. sensors. Yeah, aliens where they had the sensor and they're like, okay, three meters, four meters, ah, right. uh, you know. Yeah. And, all, it's on top and of you, you start getting that feeling of dread, like, oh my fucking god, like mm-hmm. where are these things? And then eventually they find out, like, oh, it's they're up above in the ceiling. They're mm-hmm. not on the floor. Like that's holy fuck and. They don't cut at one point. They don't cut to the point of view of the aliens because that would have diffused the horror. You're not part of the group exactly. that's being stalked. You're you the wanna, stalker. And that's kind of what's going on with this movie. And I feel like at, at its heart, that's what the purpose was supposed to be because this most of this movie takes place in this claustrophobic atmosphere in this lab. And you're with this small group of people. I feel like effectively making the audience member feel like they're one of this group, they're one of these scientists... Mm-hmm would have been a much stronger way to go with this film. Yeah. I, and I, I'll I keep harping that. on it. I'm sorry. I keep coming back <laughs> no, to that. No, no, you're absolutely right. Also, I would say if you're Elizabeth Shue and you know that uh, your coworker, who may or may not be fondling other coworkers, uh, has turned invisible, maybe don't leave your window open when yeah. you sleep at night. Don't leave your window open. Also, uh, isn't there a scene in this movie where like Elizabeth Shue and Kevin Bacon are kind of talking? He's invisible. Yeah. And he tries to like, massage her shoulders. He and then kisses she gets her. Up. He, not, not just that, but then... She gets up to go walk away, and he, like, puts his hand up under her skirt. Oh, I didn't see that part. You didn't see that he, part? He, like, grabs her arm at one no, point. No, no, no. He, like, put his... his you oh, see, shit, really? You see her skirt right up in the front, and he's, like, you know... Oh, I do that, remember that. That remind you of something, you know, yeah, yeah. That, or, or whatever. Yep, that's, like, that's the line. That's disgusting. <laughs> yes. What the fuck? You know what? If you're trying to initiate, like, some kind of a... Uh, an idea that these people had some kind of a thing that didn't work out, there are much better ways to illustrate something like that and still get the same product, still get the same the same feel of, well, that's, this is why they didn't work. Yeah, no, I agree. The, uh, someone of, of higher education, someone who's, you know, got a scientific mind and is as brilliant as he is at getting things, you know, at working around problems and figuring out, you know, how to reverse engineer invisibility should probably... Display a little more couth than this. Yes, at least in the beginning. <laughs> Agreed. It takes no time for him to just flip that switch. Um, also, does invisibility give you super strength? <laughs> yeah, but in this movie, it does. Yeah, it becomes a gorilla. Well, because it not it, when he first becomes invisible, uh, the uh, the the Greg Grunberg character yeah. is trying to hold him down. They can't and hold he, him like, down. He throws him. He throws him across the room. Yep. Joel lands on a shelf and knocks everything down. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. I don't know. Adrenaline, and, maybe. And then, like at the end, he survives. Uh, 
getting bludgeoned on the head with a crowbar, getting electrocuted across his entire body, burned. Fucking Elizabeth shoots like a, a flamethrower to his ass. And then the lab explodes, Joel. <laughs> yeah, but he still, oh, that's right. He still shows up after that. Doesn't shows he? up after that. <laughs> I know. This is hell? what I'm saying. This is when it becomes a Jason movie and it, not a humans on human movie. And, and, and what really annoyed me about the part where he got electrocuted near the end is that they're fighting. The sprinklers are going off. He's got that crowbar. He misses James Brolin mm-hmm. and goes into the electrical outlet. Mm-hmm. They're all standing in the same water. Thank you. That was the other thing. I was like, how how close do these water drops have to be to another before the electrical, uh, yeah. uh, not pulse, what do you call it? The current. Current, thank you, yeah. uh, travels to them. Yeah. yeah. Not scientifically sound. Because it's not... Like, holding the crowbar isn't it. Like, that's not what's going to conduct the electricity. Yes. Like, you're in the water. Right, yeah. Standing in the same pile. Everybody should have been fried. Yeah, yeah. Everyone. Also, uh, frustrating that once he's now knocked out and presumed dead, he's already killed five of your coworkers. Maybe finish the job. Maybe make sure that the invisible man who was out to kill you is actually dead before you just uh-huh. wander off off into the sunset with your arm but around she, your girl. she keeps giving him... Like she, she just she keeps disregarding. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's I mean the 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 major character trait of the Linda character is that she just kind of keeps disregarding, and she doesn't seem to have a proper appreciation for the danger that she's in <laughs> constantly. <laughs> yeah. uh, like she's locked into the freezer with uh, with oh, Matt yeah. with the Josh Brolin character. Mm-hmm. She's locked in there. He's been stabbed, and he's like, "How bad is it?" And she's like sticking her hand all the oh, way up in that there, right? shot of her like fingers just yeah. groping his open wound. And she's like, like "What is that necessary?" She's like, he didn't get any major organs. I'm like, well, what? <laughs> You're still bleeding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Put a tourniquet on that shit. Uh, and so she tries to find a way to get out of this thing. She's trying to get a, get out of this the the, the freezer. Mm-hmm. She ends up creating this electromagnet that unlocks the freezer yeah, from, the inside, from the inside. And then opens the door. And when she opens the door, she's got this smile on her face. Right, like, like, yay. Ah. I'm like, no, you're still entering a very dangerous <laughs> yes. atmosphere Step where one. you don't know where this invisible psychopath yeah. is hanging out. Uh, by the way, your boyfriend's bleeding out over here. <laughs> yes. So uh, maybe easy on the smiles. Now, the I, breaks. I love Elizabeth Shue. But I do too. Holy crap! What a horrible performance. Yeah, and I I've, I went to look at her her filmography on IMDb, and I feel like the downfall of her career can be traced precisely to this film. <laughs> yes, <laughs> because after this, it's all kind of until you get kind of get Hamlet. Two, Hamlet two. It's a bunch of TV movies and roles where she's playing the mom of this spunky teenage girl. Yeah. Um. I I, I love Elizabeth Shue too, but I I she made me unintentionally chuckle a few times especially near the end when she's wielding firearms <laughs> when she starts to get serious gets all yeah. Sarah Connor on yes. us she's cocking guns it's uh-huh. like sweet little doughy uh-huh. Elizabeth Shue I don't think so my favorite is when shit finally goes down and she and Josh Brolin are getting in the elevator to again leave like it's become a series of her and Josh Brolin coming to the lab leaving coming back <laughs> and trying to leave yeah. and so at this point like they know like there's no doubt that Kevin Bacon is 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 harming people mm-hmm. to an impossible degree. Yeah. And so they go to get on the elevator to leave to go warn the authorities because they found out, like, the guy they talked to, Howard, 
has been murdered. <laughs> yep. Which was a weird scene because I feel like fighting someone in the water, whether they're invisible or not, is still going to be the same thing. Like, right. Yeah. Y- 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 Kevin Bacon being invisible is not going to give him an advantage once advantage. he's got you in the water. Exactly. Uh, it's the freak out factor, does, I guess. Right. But it also doesn't. It doesn't make like Kevin Bacon can't breathe underwater because he's. Invisible. That was the other thing too. I was like, you're underwater with this motherfucker. Like, uh, you're again going back to the superpowers <laughs> yeah. thing. Apparently, invisibility endows him with. Uh, yeah. Un- unlimited breath. Right? So they find out that this guy's been killed. They try to call the authorities and they can't get through because the phone lines have been cut. <gasps> there's no fucking... There, there, there's no doubt now that this dude is trying to isolate you and take you out. Yeah, this he's, guy's a general. Right? He should know this. Yeah. He's... he's. But I'm talking about with them in the lab. Oh, I'm sorry. Like They know now. Yeah. They, they know that Kevin Bacon has cut the phone lines. Oh, right. That he's trying to take them out. They go to the elevator, and she gives her authorization, and the, the elevator voice is like, denied. Yeah. And she goes... She's surprised. Hmm, that's never happened before. <laughs> what, you think the two are related, perhaps? Right? And she's like so... She's so absent about it. Yeah. And then like Josh Brolin tries his code. I'm like, wait, you should be instantly terrified. This is terrified DEFCON. Right five right yes. now yeah uh and so then that leads to the whole we need to hunt kevin bacon down in the lab yeah yeah it's kind of boring again the effects almost save that last act um even though it is just like one character getting killed after the other but i love how they are able to again the, i think the effects look great because you're able to see him through smoke you see him through water you see him through fire really all of the elements <laughs> yes. here um, and I, I think ILM, or no, it wasn't ILM, it was the Sony, Sony's digital DreamWorks effects. The, the DreamWorks yeah, it's kind of not called that, but yeah, yeah, something like that, did the effects for it. And really impressed. Although, baffled though, Joe, maybe you can answer. So about halfway through, after Kevin Bacon's been turned invisible, they're still experimenting, he hasn't psychoed out on us just yet. Uh, they decided it's a good idea to uh, pour Silly Putty all over his face <laughs> and make a mold of his face. Uh-huh. Well, Joe, why was that necessary? I don't know. For the experiment? I think I think that it wasn't necessary for the for the experiment. Uh, it was that was after they found out like he they haven't quite gotten the antidote right yet for sure. humans. He's going to be that way. So for he's going to be that way for a while. So it makes them it makes it a little less unsettling for everybody to talk to him to talk to him. So that way, like, okay, we're going to go ahead and we're going to give yeah. you like a fa- and also so that way. He has something to look at in the mirror. Got it. Uh, I would argue more unsettling to talk to... Uh, <laughs> An empty husk. Exactly. With no eyes, I can see the back of your head and there's no lips moving. Yeah. I'd rather just you not be... I'd rather just see a trench coat sitting in a chair uh-huh. and let's have a conversation this way. Yeah. I don't I don't need your I'm, I'm with you featureless face. I'm with you on that. But I appreciate uh, their ingenuity. I'd like to talk a little bit more about kind of the science that they apply mm-hmm. in this movie mm-hmm. uh, when they inject... Kevin Bacon, or when they inject anything with the serum. Mm-hmm. I uh, love that effect. It's a great effect, Joel, but the thing is, it's inaccurate. Uh, yeah. Because as soon as they put this the serum in their vein, like immediately it starts to be visible. Like it makes them yeah. it makes them visible. You see the veins. Uh, and so you see like the veins and then the lungs and, you know, everything kind of happening. Um, when you inject somebody with anything, that blood's going to flow to the heart first. Immediately. To the lungs. And then back out. And then out. back out. Yep. And that's... <laughs> it's and, and that's that's eighth grade science. Sure. That's eighth grade biology, and, uh, and it and it does it quickly. Yeah, like, because your heart is pumping that fast, moving uh-huh. it through. It doesn't like slowly meander its way up your arm and <laughs> right. then down. It's like I don't know. But every time, every mm-hmm. time, it was this slow thing. Uh, <laughs> there's one part where uh, I think it's when he, f- when they're first trying to get him visible again, and Kevin Bacon starts to crash out, mm-hmm. and they have to give him CPR. 
It is very important, ladies and gentlemen, if you're going to make a movie about a person who's transparent and we can see their internal <laughs> organs and you're giving him CPR, it's important that you put your hands in the proper position. <laughs> they were way were they too low. Up? They were way too low. Oh, no. He was giving him CPR, like, basically on the top of his stomach. Oh, really? Yeah. Also, I'm unclear as to how the physics of what's invisible and what isn't invisible works. Because at a certain point, we see him, he's getting sick from all the testing that's yeah. been going on. And he pukes into a toilet. And he like leans over the toilet, and you see the shot of the inside of the toilet, and water is splashing up. Yeah. Leading you to believe that the contents of his mouth are coming out and hitting the water, uh-huh. but we just can't see it. Yeah. Where does that stop? I Where does it start? See, and that's, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. I feel like... For the sake of this movie, uh, I feel like, okay, we can say that whatever's been processed through his system turns invisible. All of his blood and but, everything, urine, whatever. But when it first enters, right, it's going to be visible. So You're going to see all of that before I know. I want to see that lunchroom shot I where they're all sitting too. around and, and you see the like, hamburger. Oh, oh, can you wear a shirt, please? Can you please <laughs> just put a shirt on or something? Because otherwise, and, and at some point it has to turn invisible. Otherwise, he would just be walking around the the contents of his stomach visible Agreed. at all times. We talked about this a little bit on the Star Trek episode mm-hmm. uh, mm. where they've got the, the cloaking capability right. um, with the ship. And... I feel like this uh, this is also very uh, prescient <laughs> when Ooh. we talk about Hollow Man, that when Kevin Bacon's walking around, if he's invisible, I feel like we would see the dust collecting on the bottom of his feet. Yeah, there's always going to be something. There's going to be something. Exterior that is affecting you. But everything just kind of, like, <laughs> like you use this term on the Howard the Duck episode, like water off a duck's back. <laughs> yeah. Like everything just kind of falls off him. Like Josh Brolin sprays him with a fire extinguisher. A fire extinguisher, it's powder. That's all it is. That is powder, and it's going to stay on you. I don't know if you've ever seen or had a fire extinguisher yeah. sprayed in your vicinity. It's, it's like the end of Sh- Ghostbusters. That shit is impossible You're to get off You're covered like of you. the fucking Stay Puff Marshmallow yeah. Man. Yeah. And so like that thing, that would be all over him. Or when she sets him on fire with his <laughs> clothing on, like, and the soot just falls off of him. Yeah. No, the, he, that's going to stay. Yep. That shit is going to stay. <laughs> uh, so I feel like they... they didn't establish science correctly, and then they tried to adhere to it so much when it didn't make any sense. They tried to adhere to the science that they they did a horrible job at trying to create. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet, I still appreciate some of the filmmaking here. I like some yeah. of those shots. I like those POV shots. I like a, a lot of the effect shots. And, and we mentioned it before. You know, when uh, when a sh- when a special effect shot is done well, you don't notice the special effect. Yeah. In it. And I think there were several of those in this film. There's a lot of like long one shot takes where there's no cuts in between, yeah, um, or seemingly no cuts. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're, whatever they're doing, they're seamlessly making Kevin Bacon disappear and yet interact with things in almost a Who Framed Roger Rabbit sort of way. Yeah, um, that I really kind of admired. Uh-huh. And I remember seeing this in theaters at the time, and and that's what drew me in, like the idea of being invisible. But it's it's a scientifically sound. Uh, process, yeah, um, yeah. I just wish they did more with the concept, and I'm fine with them exploring. I wish they like, did more with the concept, sexuality. more with the content. Yeah, yeah. No, agreed. With two hours, you had two hours <laughs> to do this long. movie, yeah. and and you really achieved nothing. This movie did not have to be this long. This movie could have been an easy ninety minutes. Yeah, yeah. It could have been an hour long episode of uh, um, uh, Tales from the Dark Side or something. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you caught a couple of uh, what I think may have been callbacks. Hmm. Uh, at one point, Sebastian's talking to uh, to Josh Brolin and the other science team before he gets the invisibility going on. And they, I, I can't remember what they say, but he's like, I'll put it in my memoirs. 
a few years prior to this, mm-hmm. probably almost 10 years prior to this, there was a Chevy Chase movie called Memoirs of an Invisible Man. I've seen that film. Yeah, yeah. So I thought maybe that was a little bit of a oh. wink and a nod at that movie. Interesting. Uh, there's also a part at the very end when the uh, Greg Grunberg character gets uh, completely fucked Jesus. up. Jesus. But people are like, put your, put your hand on his neck. Like, he's not dead. I'm like, motherfucker is going to die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, before Elizabeth Shue leaves the room, they're like, we shouldn't split up. She leaves the room to go help Josh Brolin, and she turns back and she says, get Carter. <laughs> like the Michael Caine. Movie. <laughs> 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 I'm sure it didn't. they didn't mean for it to yeah. be an homage, but stuff like that's kind of funny. Um, a couple really quick observations. Mm-hmm. One, why does the injector have two compartments uh, and, not, <laughs> and not just one? That's a good point. Um, <laughs> Never noticed that. Uh, what else do I have? That, uh, oh, the Superman joke I thought was kind of funny. The Kevin Bacon Superman joke about Wonder Woman oh, on the yes, top of the yes. Hall of Justice. Yeah, 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 yeah. He tells the joke. Uh, there's, Elizabeth Shue, there's, there's no doubt in this movie um, that it was written by a man. <laughs> and oh, yeah. The, the, the strongest evidence of this is horny Elizabeth Shue. Like, right. she is ever asking mm-hmm. for the dick. Like, throughout this entire movie, yep. she's so hard up. For sex. Mm-hmm. And then, like, when they try to film them doing stuff, though, it's so tame and ridiculous, especially for a movie. And, and I'm not trying to say, like, they should have done more. Yeah, we need more hardcore. What I am saying is, for a movie that is very explicit about the rape of Rona Mitra, yeah. uh, Elizabeth Shue laying in bed with Josh Brolin, and he's talking about, like, Sebastian, and he looks at her and he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm making love to you. And yeah. she's just, like, kissing his belly. Like... She's seriously like uh, you're not doing it right. Putting but- butterfly kisses on his belly. <laughs> that's not how it works. Like, that is, that is, that's not <laughs> making love. That's that's totally horrible. Also, a sign that this f- film was uh, or script was written by a man. Um, right before Kevin Bacon decides to rape his neighbor, uh-huh. um, he's having an internal monologue. He's speaking to himself out loud as invisible men are wont to do. Um, and he's he's talking to himself and he says, "Who's gonna know?" Yeah. Uh, her? Uh, uh, yeah. She's going to fucking know. know. She's going to be traumatized and scarred for life with this as we see her laying on the bed afterwards right. crying her eyes out. That's yeah, that's And I I assume that um even though it's invisible, <laughs> there's still DNA. Like we could still collect DNA yeah. and then like run it through a computer and be like, "Oh, it's this guy." Right. What the fuck is going on here? And he happens to live right across the street from you. Yeah, well, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you leave your window open every day as you walk brawless throughout. <laughs> not that it was her fault. We're no, not I'm blaming not, it. I'm Rona not Mitra. saying that at all. Got to oh, be careful God, with that. No, but you're right. It's uh, yeah. Obviously, there were some sexual themes that mm-hmm. the filmmakers were trying yeah. to explore here. Yeah, just not done in a way that was palpable to it. It didn't. It didn't. American didn't, ser- it didn't it, well, not palpable to audiences, and it also didn't serve the story. It didn't serve the yeah. the higher purpose of this film. Yeah. Um. <laughs> okay, I had one other note here, uh, and I I completely lost it. God damn it! No worries. Um, t- 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 oh, why is everyone reacting to Sebastian turning invisible like they've never seen this happen before? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got a, uh, a a menagerie full of animals <laughs> that half of them are invisible. Like this isn't a new process for you. <laughs> Bringing them back is another story. Uh, and also these people. I feel like they should know better than to get in the habit of talking shit about someone who has turned invisible. <laughs> like, they're yeah. ever talking shit about Sebastian. <laughs> there is that one scene. Uh, just assuming he's not there. And they're like, oh, yeah, at, yeah. The, at the table. Yeah, and then slowly the chair turned. <laughs> right? 
Sure, you see the butt prints yeah. on, out of the chair. Yeah, I'm like, okay, uh, guys, like this is where we <laughs> don't do that shit. Like we we save our private discussions for like later when we know for sure we are alone in a room. That's right. Yeah, never trust Kevin Bacon. Uh, do you have anything else? My takeaway. Those are those are my notes. Okay. Uh, all right. I'm just kind of going through this real fast just to make sure I don't have anything else that would have been. You know, I, I will make one more note while you're going sure. through there. Uh, this movie spends a lot. An awful lot of time being a boring, like, medical procedural. Uh-huh. There's a lot of, you know, any 20 cc's of this stat and, uh-huh. you know, uh, heart monitors going flatline and shit like that. And it's, it's, it goes from an episode of CSI to, you know, again, a Freddy Krueger movie at <laughs> yeah. the end in, like, yeah. zero to 60. Uh-huh. <laughs> CSI to, to just SVU. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's, nicely done. That's pretty much it. There you go. Uh, all right. So one last thing that I noticed that made me laugh at the very end when uh, – uh, Kevin Bacon has caught with Elizabeth Shue because this movie turns into a fucking like it just turns into a madhouse at the end. Like they're they're climbing up. Josh Brolin and Elizabeth Shue are climbing up a ladder in an elevator shaft. Ugh. The lab explodes. Elevator flies up and then like starts getting it gets lodged in the elevator shaft. Uh, and then Elizabeth Shue and Kevin Bacon start fighting on top of this elevator. Mm-hmm. And she's like, he's like, give me a kiss. Just kiss me. <laughs> I'm like, really? Kiss me. And so, like, while she's kissing him, she grabs this cable to the elevator right. and then hits some kind of emergency release thing that, that drops the elevator. Mm-hmm. I don't think physics works like this, though. The elevator drops, but then, like, Kevin Bacon, like, kind of hangs there like Wiley Coyote for right, a, a little second. bit. Yeah, yeah. And, like, the elevator and Kevin Bacon... Fall separately, like a, like three to five yeah. seconds behind. Like, yes, uh, no, you'd have gone. You would have gone down. There's no like. I just kind of float there in the air <laughs> for a second. Like I'm imagining. I was just waiting for Kevin Bacon to look at the camera with a sign that was like, "Put an umbrella, mother." Up. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. An umbrella and just falls down. It's so it gets. It's like cartoony like that, yep. and it diffuses what you were talking about about trying to like create the science and. It, it, it diffuses that. Nope. Um, Unsuccessful. Film. Okay, so Hollow Man. Yeah, unsuccessful, definitely. Uh, if, if what did Hollow Man do right, Joel? I'm telling you, man, the special effects. I, I, it would be cool to see another Invisible Man movie like this in 2015 uh-huh. to see how far the effects have come. I don't think there's much more you can do. I think it was fairly convincing. Yeah. Um. Again, the the science behind it kind of drew you into that world. So I actually believe, oh, I could be injected and turn invisible. Uh-huh. I, I buy it. That's all I need to know. Um, and, and then some of the scenes where, like I said, where he's running through smoke or like, like he's drowning the guy in the pool. Those are really hard effects to pull off. And so I, I appreciate the, the technicians behind it. So the effects were great in this film. Uh, you? I, I don't disagree. I think the special effects you were can't good. can't disagree. I think the special effects were very good. I think the, the, the courage to try to put together a movie about a modern movie about the Invisible Man, I think is, is commendable. Yeah. I think that's a great property that you could do a lot with, but they just... They were looking at it in such a short-sighted light, like it, it was, it, it, it was just horribly executed. But I, I do like the concept of the Invisible Man, and I think what this movie did right was, you know, like you said, the effects. And I think they did have the potential to really make a, cre- a creepy and scary atmosphere. Uh, what did the movie do wrong? Uh, again, it's that third act and a wasted opportunity. You've got a great premise here. I'm I'm fine putting the audience in you know Kevin Bacon's role. Like, wh- what would you do in this scenario? And mm-hmm. seeing him make his choices, and then internally, you know, either going along with him on that journey or realizing he's gone too far. Hopefully, realizing he's gone too far. Yeah. 
but just like killing your friends and neighbors mm-hmm. is I don't buy that. You you have so much more opportunity. I'd love to take this outside of that uh, cocoon that they're in. They're in yes. this lab the entire time. Uh-huh. What happens if he gets set loose? Yeah. Now he's on the streets of and the thing is, wherever he did the fuck get they set are. Loose, yeah. And they really didn't do anything with it. They no. still stayed within He just within goes this, to his apartment. Yeah. They stayed within this small distance, this claustrophobic uh, area. And they just did that. I agree with you. You yeah. know, I'm committing robbery. I'm I'm doing all sorts of uh, on the line, or just are fucking with people. You know, yeah. what would have been oh, fun dude. to see him maybe doing a few things that would have been like maybe kind of noble, where he stops a few crimes, or or he fucks with people that are there like up to no good. There you go. And then it kind of starts. We need maybe see that gradual, a yeah. gradual switch. I like that. Uh, and that way you give the character some depth and you know mm-hmm. layers. Uh, okay, what I thought this movie did wrong, and I don't think it's a mystery. I've been harping on it since the very beginning. Just the, the focus, the over-sexualized nature of this movie. Right. It didn't need to be this much. I mean, I, I granted, being invisible, I mean, one of the first things that a, a dude, if you're talking to a dude, he'd be Absolutely. like, man, I wish I was invisible. I'd check out all these chicks in the shower. Dude. So there's going to be an element of that. Of course. You can have an element of that, mm-hmm. but it goes too far. Yeah. And, and too quickly. And too, exactly, too quickly. It goes too far, and it's not just it's the Kevin problem. Bacon character. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got, I pointed out earlier, Elizabeth Shue is just constantly wanting to fuck. <laughs> and it's like, calm down, guys. Let's let's bring this back. We're all adults here. Let's make something of some substance. Well, this was the director of Showgirls. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. take that into account that's as you're... Uh, if we were to make Hollow Man today, Joel, yeah. how would we go ahead and do that? This is Hollow Man. This is Hollow, Hollow Man. Man. I have one, Hollow two, three, four, <laughs> five, six, seven. Hello, my name's Ira Holloman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me start. Man, this is going to be a tough one because you probably won't know the character or the actor's name because there's a lot of, oh, I know that guy, uh, actors in this movie. I have eight characters, I think. Mm. Yeah, eight or nine. Who's the eighth one that I'm missing? We'll find out. Okay. You want to ping pong this? Uh, sure. Sure. All right. I wanted to start with Janice. <laughs> Jeff. Actress's name is Mary Randall Janice. She's uh-huh. the African-American and, of course, the token black person who gets killed first. Uh-huh. So this is one of those movies. Um, I am going to recast her with a little lone actress who hopefully has a, a bright future ahead of her. Her name is Tessa Thompson. She was in Dear White People that came out last year. Yeah, you yeah, seen yeah, that yeah, movie? yeah. I have. It was really good. I, I thought it was great. Uh-huh. I thought she was great in it, and um, I... Don't want to see her get killed off in a movie like this, but uh, she's a great actress, and she can fill that role. Okay. Um, for my Janice, I went with uh, an actress that we originally, I think we could say we originally saw her in uh, the uh, the original Girl with the Dragon Tattoo movies. Oh. And uh, we saw her in Prometheus and the Sherlock Holmes sequel, Numi Rapace. Yeah, I love her. Oh, man, she's great in Prometheus. Mm-hmm. D- what was I hearing about Prometheus 2? Uh, that I, it's I don't know. Hopefully it's not happening. Oh, no, it's totally happening. Oy. It's it's more of a uh, alien sequel or oh, prequel God. than it is a Prometheus sequel, okay. apparently. Great. You didn't like Prometheus, huh? Nope. Uh, I had some issues with I, it. I, I think my, my problem with Prometheus was the fact that they tried so hard. It was almost kind of with Lost. They tried so hard to claim oh. it, was one, it wasn't one thing yeah. when it really was. Oh, well, uh, no surprise then since it was written by one of the writers of Lost. Yeah. James, right? What's his name? James? I don't Lindelof? Know. Something Lindelof. Yeah. Yeah, James Lindelof. Uh, how about the next character? Joey Slotnick is the actor's name. You'll know this Frank. guy if you look at him. Is Frank, this balding Jewish guy with curly hair. He's kind of the nerdy guy. Uh, how about another balding Jewish guy, nerdy guy? Uh, Kevin Sussman is the actor's name. You might know him as Stuart from The Big Bang Theory. Nice. He owns the comic shop. Okay. That dude looks just he like looks this just dude. just like him. No, he so, does. Uh, why not? Uh, I went with John Turturro in this character. Oh, yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nobody fucks with the Jesus. <laughs> Greg... 
is it Gunberg or Grunberg? Greg Grunberg. Greg Grunberg. Um, he's the plays uh, Carter. Yeah, yeah. So he's Carter. He's kind of um, he's just a lab tech nerdy. He's a lab, lab tech, tech, but he's but kind he's of got, also kind of the, he's the, buddy buddy with, uh, with Kevin with Sebastian. Bacon, right? Yeah, he, and he's got kind of a questionable moral. Uh, fortitude. Yeah, so I could see Alan Tudyk playing that role. Wash from oh. Firefly as the Greg Grunberg character. How that's about you? really good. I went with uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor. <laughs> wow, also from Firefly. Fans. Yes, nice. Yeah, that's really funny. That we, nicely done. We were both kind of on the on the level there. And then uh, I have the big three left. How about you? What I still have I the missing? character of Howard, the guy that they went to. I have Howard, and ah. I have I have Sebastian's neighbor. Oh, I did not do the neighbor. Let's yeah. do Howard though. Uh, Howard, I went with Russell Crowe. Wait, which one is Howard? Howard is the the old man that they went to talk to, that who he was kills. originally yeah that he kills in the pool. Oh, I did not do him. Yeah, yeah, you did. Russell Crowe. I went with Russell Crowe for that, and yeah. for Sebastian's neighbor, the Rona Mitra character, uh, I cast Jessica Chastain. Oh, oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I'm conflicted because I don't want to see her get raped, uh, but no. that's good recasting. Uh, so I've also got I've got another character oh. too. I don't have the big three. I've got, I also recast Sarah, the vet. Oh, go for it. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I have her too. Sorry. Oh, Kim, okay. Kim Dickens is the actress's Dickens. name. She was in Lost. She played uh, Sawyer's girlfriend. She was, yeah. and now she's in that Walking Dead spinoff show. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Who would you have in that role? Uh, I cast Sigourney Weaver. Nicely done, uh-huh. yeah. Oh, so we get to see a little 3D boob grab? Well, maybe. Of uh, Sigourney Weaver? <laughs> maybe, if we go that far. I went with uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal in that role. Nice. she seems like feisty and the scientific. The drummy turtle. And uh, she cares about animals more than humans. Yeah. So, yeah. The drummy turtle. <laughs> uh, all right. Oh, that's awful, but she so, does. Look like so uh, who do you have for the, the, the final three? Uh, finally, in the Josh Brolin role, I almost kind of feel like this is a, well, uh, you'll know a little more when I get to the Elizabeth Shue recast, but for Josh Brolin, uh, the new boyfriend, how about Chris O'Dowd? Oh, nice. Kind of a funny man, played the like cop in Bridemaids. I like him. We like him a lot. Uh, I've decided to bring back Orlando Bloom. Ooh. I haven't seen him in a while. Interesting. Bring him back. There's actually a theme I'm going with, okay, with all yeah. my casting. Oh. oh. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think I'm quite there yet. Cuz I was struck with a little bit of uh a little bit of atmosphere at the end of this movie that I kind of appreciated that I thought a better director would have done. Interesting. Okay. Well, I can't wait to hear your director then. Uh well then let me just throw my last two out here. So we have Elizabeth Shue character. Um she will be the girlfriend to the Chris O'Dowd character and how about Kate Winslet in that role? She's a little Elizabeth Shuish, uh-huh. uh, and I could see her playing that role well. Uh, I appreciate the fact that you went with a Kate because I did as well. I went with Kate Mara. Kate Mara, where could you be going with this thematically? <laughs> it's right there, and I'm missing it. People are yelling at their iPhones right now. Yeah. Uh, well, let me just power on then to the final Kevin Bacon character, the Hollow Man himself. How about uh, Edward Norton in that that's role? That's a good one. That's the... that's a good casting. Thank you, thank you. Uh, my you my Sebastian will be played by Michael Fassbender. Ooh! Oh, all oh. of this directed by Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott, because yeah. you got him and you got it is the entire cast. No, it's, it's, you're mixing it's, casts. It's a mixing casts, uh, but we do have. I think Ridley Scott would do awesome. It was the moment where, like, all the water was coming down, yep. and we had the the fire, uh, the flamethrower. Yep. And I was like, oh, this would be great if like Ridley Scott did this, you know, because <laughs> it does feel like aliens. It feels like aliens. Yep. Uh, and so, yeah, that's my director. Who's Interesting. Directing my director. Uh, well, you said you wanted something creepier, a little more, you know, atmospheric. Uh-huh. Um, and this guy seems to be making a comeback. Well, I haven't seen the new movie, but I know he's working on some things. Maybe he can finally shuffle off that. Uh, I know the stuff that's been. <laughs> you have a scrunch. I think I know, I think I know where you're going. I think, I think, I think well, I'm, I'm going M Night Shyamalan. Oh God! And Hollow Man, because uh, I'd be curious to see what he does with this material. Oh my gosh! And he is he is talented. Yeah. He just. 
Maybe <laughs> got a little full of himself for a while, but I think he's back on track. Maybe. Uh, if you have any thoughts about how you would recast Hollow Man or thoughts about the movie or things that we skipped over since we're going really quick through this, uh, you can always talk back to us on Facebook. Just go to the search bar, put in the editing bay, find the woman with the bleeding eyes. That's us. That's where you could talk back to us. Not only give us suggestions uh, for what we may have missed, but also give us suggestions for movies that you'd like us to talk about in the future. We've also got a website, right, Joel? We sure do. It is editingbay.com. Please go there. Please visit often, uh, or at least go there once, bookmark it, and anything you need to know about Editing Bay, you can find from there. You can find links to our Facebook page. You can also find a link to our Twitter handle, which is at the Editing Bay. Please follow us there. We'll always tweet out what our next week's show is going to be, when the new one's live, and uh, if you want to see us on Periscope, we'll be tweeting right before then. That's right. Uh, and then also, of course, you can buy t-shirts there. You can see pics from our live show from last year, and just find out all things about the Editing Bay at editingbay.com. All right, and if you get us on your podcasting app, your Apple device, rather, uh, we would love it if you went to the podcasting app and gave us a review and a rating. Uh, that helps us out a lot, especially with trying to plan a new live show. Uh, we want to get some sponsors for this, and the easiest way to do that is to just have a collection of wonderful reviews and five-star ratings and point that out to these potential sponsors and be like, look, people listen, and they enjoy us, and so this is a good reason for you to jump on board the Editing Bay train. Uh, if you don't get the podcast through an Apple device, you got an Android, you can also search us on iTunes by using the uh, Podcast Addict and Podcast Republic applications. Uh, and you know what? After you've left a review, we would love it if you went to our other Next Wave radio shows. Yeah. We've got MVP with Matthew and Danny talking about sports, my comic life with Sam and Jeff, who joined us last week to talk about Howard the Duck. That's awesome. Hey, Jeff, what are you guys going to be talking about this week on my comic life? Uh, Prep for uh, Fan Days. All right, prep for Fan Days. They're going to be out there, guys. So if you're going to the Dallas Comic-Con Fan Days, uh, you can catch Jeff and Sam. Uh, dude, I don't know. Maybe it's Fan Days. Maybe it isn't. I know Xena's <laughs> going to be out there, and that's got me really what? excited. Yeah, Xena and Gabrielle. Nice. Uh, all right, so keeping in this theme of thrillers and Halloween and trying to do something a little bit out of the norm, uh, my pick for next week, Ooh. it's another movie that starts with an H. I don't know if you've seen this, Ooh. but uh, it's it's a movie starring Jeff Goldblum uh, and Alicia Silverstone. H. And it's called Hideaway. It's no. based, based on a Dean Koontz novel. It's a movie called Hideaway. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, What's so, it about? About an hour and a half. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh! Uh, so we're going to be talking about Hideaway next week right here on The Editing Bay. I'm not sure if it's on any of the streaming services. We'll find out. Uh, but yeah, go ahead and take a look for yourself. See if you could find it. I uh, want to thank you guys so much for listening. And, uh, and if Periscope, if we have anybody watching us on Periscope, Thanks. thank you so much. We appreciate it. And we will be back uh, not <laughs> well, yes, uh, next week. We'll be back next week. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, Jeff, thank you so much, Thanks, buddy. Jeff. Uh, and Joel, always a pleasure. Same as mine. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.